moment to allow our week, the pace of our week perhaps, just to drop away and we turn our attention to you. I thank you that you promise that we're two or three are gathered, you're amongst us. So Holy Spirit, we embrace you this morning. I thank you for your presence. I ask there's a wonderful sense today for every person of you being at work, being in us and on us, that each of us would hear what you're saying. And so we welcome you. We honour you. I declare your blessing on each person this morning in Jesus' name. And I ask that as we go through our morning, there'll be a wonderful sense of your peace. Also a wonderful sense of you stirring us. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Why don't we sing? Hello, Pastor Gary from Tokoroa. Nice to see you. Welcome.
song. Do you like that? Hey, can we do the chorus one more time? Because I think we're just warming up. Hey, that'll be good. Yeah, let's go. One more time. I'm so thankful. Sing it like you mean it. I'm so We've got an awesome morning planned today, and uh, we're going to have a lot of fun together. We are really, really privileged to have Anna Ho speaking to us shortly, and um, you'll get more of that soon. She's fantastic, so I'm looking forward to that. And uh, we've got a wonderful, oh, we've just got some good stuff planned this morning. It's going to be good. So you're doing well? Great. Yeah, very warm welcome to you. Lovely to have you here this morning. If you're a newcomer, if this is your first or second time, a very, very warm welcome to you. Can I encourage you, if, if you are new to Activate, we, we'd love to get to meet you and, um, and journey with you. And um, there's some codes on the back of your seats, or you can visit our website, or you can take a new people's pack, which is the white bags. And uh, if you fill in your details, we would love to get in contact with you, get to know you a bit, and see if there's any way we can help you in your journey. So feel free to do that. That'll be good. My name's Sheridan, by the way, if you have not met me, it's nice to meet you. And uh, I'm looking forward to today. It's going to be great. It's going to be good. Hey, um, who's had a birthday or a wedding anniversary in the last week? You can sit down if you'd like to. Birthdays. Fantastic. Happy birthdays. 
The team are coming chocolates. I've got them down here. Yeah, wonderful. Any other birthdays? We're going to Paul. Happy birthday! I'm assuming it's only you because only one hand. So, is it a significant one for you? Is it? Happy birthday. Am I allowed to say that? Great. 50. That's important. 50 is really important. Happy birthday. That's great. Any other birthdays or wedding anniversaries that we've missed, that we've missed? Down here. Yeah, keep your hand up high. They're coming back. Yeah, happy birthday. That's wonderful. Father, I thank you for birthdays. I thank you for wedding anniversaries. I ask that each person that's celebrating, whether they're in the building, whether they're at home, wherever they they are this morning, that they would know a wonderful sense of your presence with them, that they would know what it is to walk in your purposes and your plans. And I ask that this next year would be marked by a wonderful sense of intimacy in their relationship with you. So bless them, I pray, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hey, well, kids, you you can go if you'd like to. Thank you, Helen. Thank you, leaders. Have a great time. While they're going, why don't we turn our eyes to the news? Hey, Activate Church family. It's great to have you watching. Yeah, and also a big welcome if you're new or watching from Rurikura North or Tuako campus. It's great to have you with us. Most of you will know that we are celebrating a global legacy. And this month we are expecting for miracles in Come our on. own lives, but also in our community. We are already starting to hear about some stories of what God has done in people's lives. And it's super exciting. Yeah, come on. And if you're someone that has had a miracle in the month of June, then we want to hear about it. Head over to our church website and under the events page, click share your story. Or simply go to the info desk after the gathering. Some other exciting news is on the 4th of July, we are officially launching Tuaco as an Activate Church campus. Welcome to the family, Tuaco. We are a church who loves to roll up our sleeves and get into action. And so we are planning a CIA, a church in action, on Saturday, the 26th of June. This is a great opportunity to do some work on our new Activate Tuaco campus and you can come along and help out with building, with painting, with gardening, with cleaning or more. You don't need to be skilled in any of these areas. We just would appreciate all hands on deck. Love to see you there. To register, go to the Activate Church website, go to the events page and click Church in Action for the registration link. That's all the notices for today. Yeah, come on. We declare a miracle to take place in your life over this month in Jesus' name. Amen. I welcome you to stand as we continue to praise and worship the King of Kings. I'd like to ask you, what is it that you hear Father God say that you are to Him? What is the truth that you are hearing today? Or is it a lie that you're hearing today? Jesus, we just pray 
for your truth to resonate within us. You are my child, says Father God. You are my child. For you, I sent my only son to die for you so that I could call you child, my son, my daughter. I thank you, Father, that we don't need to hold on to anything that isn't of you. We can drop it off. We can drop it off. Because you are our champion. You are the champion. You're the king of kings. Thank you, Jesus, for who you are. Thank you for your goodness. So this morning, Father God, We proclaim that you are our champion and we say we are a son and a daughter of the King. All authority has been given to us to speak into our families, to speak into our neighbourhoods, to speak into our nation, declaring the King of Kings. Thank you, Jesus, that when we open our mouth, the words that come out of our mouth have power, power to break strongholds, Power for miracles, power for salvations. And so God, we say thank you. Thank you, Father God. And we just say no to timidity. We say yes to courage. We say yes to breakthrough. Father God, thank you. Thank you for who you are. Holy, holy, holy.
every person to believe for at least five miracles in your world and I hope you got a card when you came in and uh, if you didn't we'll sort that out shortly but at the end of our gathering we're going to lift our cards together in, in unity saying Lord we need you to move we need miracles if you're at home if you're watching online I encourage you to write five things down on a piece of paper that we can lift together with a sense of unity, one heart, going, God, you are the God of miracles today. I've already heard of a number of miracles that have taken place this month. I've heard of a, uh, a nut allergy, I think it was, completely gone. I've heard of a financial situation that was, um, uh, what's the word, anonymously provided for. Um, God is at work, and we're expecting for great things. And, you know, I know for some of us to even write down a miracle on a piece of paper, is that's a stretch right there. But can I encourage you to do it? And we keep asking, and we keep asking, and we keep believing, we keep believing. I'm always encouraged by uh, the great faith chapter in Hebrews. You know, if they hadn't stepped out in faith, none of them would have seen anything happen. It's easy sometimes to focus on the second half and go, well, these, a number of these people went to their graves still believing for what they are believing for. That's true. That's true. But if they hadn't stepped out, none of them would have seen miracles. None of them. And our God is a God of miracles. And maybe this month is where He wants to do really something significant in your world, on your behalf, through you. And uh, so we're going to pray at the end of the, the meeting for miracles which will be really really good I'm excited about that yeah. hey um, in just a moment we're going to watch a video and uh, what we, we've done this year is we asked the people we connected with overseas to send in a, a short video and the team have pulled it all together and they've come up with a fantastic result and I really pray that you're encouraged that something in the eyes of your heart are opened a little this morning and some of the things as a church that God has uh, got us in, involved in and then Anna is going to come and speak Anna and Nam you'll see them on the video but they're, they're home and Nam's not with us right now he's across at north uh, but Anna's going to come and speak and some of the numbers that she'll drop into what she's saying you go did she just say that? yes and did she really come from here as a student? yes can she really be doing that? yes maybe you could do what God's got in your heart yes and uh, she's really going to encourage us, so that'll be that'll be great. But in the meantime, why don't you take a seat, turn your eyes to the screen, and enjoy. 
today it is 27 years and you have never stopped supporting or praying for me. We have more than 200 staff working full time. We have more than 200 churches all over the country. We have a vision to plant 3000 churches in Bihar and we have a vision to plant 500 churches in the state of Odisha. And so we're training Indonesians to go as missionaries to unreached people groups, particularly on the island of Sumatra. And that's where our heart and vision is. And we have teams in several different locations among some different people groups up there. At the moment, the majority of the world are not walking into church on a Sunday morning. And so our mission is to reach people in the comfort of their own homes, whether they're sitting in their lounge, looking at their cell phone on the school bus, watching TV, flicking through YouTube channels. over the years that that sense of we need to help those who have so little has kind of moved to how do we equip the church to do it because we started to see actually we want to see the church as the center of the solution my name is Wendy I'm reading a letter to the church on behalf of Andrew and his family because it is not safe for us to reveal his identity. So we worked in, uh, in Northeast Thailand, the province of Konkin, for 13 years, and during that time we planted uh, 10 churches in villages, mm. and uh, worked in, uh, in quite a few other villages that uh, we were unable to plant a church. The mission uh, that we've both been called to, uh, we both have a, had a passion and a desire to make disciples. Jesus said, go and uh, love people, love God, love people, and go and make disciples. I love New Zealand. But God's plan is, plan is different than our planning. So God sent me back. That time I wasn't prepared to be a pastor. But uh, God make it. I know in my journey, I always like to give up. And now 
even in this situation i really happy for god choose me Uh, the biggest effect on us was that we ended up being separated physically for six months. When we've not been able to meet face to face with people, we've had to go on to Zoom. But we've discovered that we have people joining in some of the Discovery Bible studies, even some of the life groups that wouldn't be participating if we were in person. So it's it's helped us to work internationally in ways that we perhaps would have never imagined possible. We have a campus, so everybody's. Uh, in the center and pretty much locked down. We're very careful, obviously, with who comes in and out. We don't go out much, so we've had to adjust. And now we do evangelism using cell phones and the internet, and it's been quite successful. From last year, although the world is getting tough, we have been experiencing a great joy. We are very much satisfied in Jesus Christ. We were gathering online for a while, after April 2020, we can meet face to face, which is very grateful. The life groups have grown and the discipleship is our focus. There's been a huge amount of people stuck at home and spending more time in television and social media than they would do normally. And so we've had an incredible opportunity with a much more captive audience to be able to present the gospel to people who wouldn't normally be receiving it. Yeah, we came back uh, before I have COVID. Cause like, we don't know what's going on, but we come back before that and seem like we are so lucky. <laughs> like God helped us out from the bad thing or not stop us to come back to New Zealand. We found ourselves moved <laughs> to a country. And so we are temporarily live here um, uh, until we were able to uh, go back to Vietnam. But our ministry is still running uh, mm. and it's still expanding uh, mm. in, in different ways. We're in the process of just creating heaps of materials around trauma. Obviously, just uh, the impact of COVID on India, Nepal, many of the countries where we work, uh, just massive loss of pastors and lives and so, uh, the church in, in large part is traumatized. So it's caused us to have to kind of refocus our efforts. The media reports that you get is not really accurate. Unofficially, the grassroots data tells us that at least one million fresh cases every day and about 10,000 to 12,000 deaths every day. For two months, we were not able to give salary for our missionaries. We just lost one of our missionaries to COVID. So we are praying like never before. On the other hand, we know that every obstacle has an opportunity. So we stepped into media. Every day I'm doing two hours of teaching and the Tamil people from 30 countries are watching this program. We are doing relief work as much as we can for poor families and uh, the Lord is blessing our work. I used to have a pain at my lower back which has resulted in my pain on my right leg and it was very difficult to walk. I have experienced a miracle. During a discipleship course, all the members prayed for me 
and God healed me completely, and I have no pain since. I would like to take and show you that uh, when Pastor Sheridan was here, this house was almost falling down. And so we ended up tearing the whole thing down and rebuilding it in probably in another week, we're going to be able to move in here. We have seen relationship opportunities open up uh, within some of the gangs, people that I could never have uh, connected with without God setting it up. And then we've continued to have finance miracles where you know, at one point it was looking like we couldn't afford to pay my wages. And I think within the next three weeks, we had three or four individuals give us, give us one-off $10,000 donations. Honestly, it, I, sometimes I scratched my head and go, this, our maths doesn't add up. Uh, this should not be working. The way we operate in this economy uh, with faith uh, is a scary business model, but somehow God just makes it work lost all our funding as an organization. So it was a time of major prayer and fasting, but we saw God turn up in amazing ways. We had people write to us and say, God's put it on our hearts. We want to send you uh, thousands and thousands of dollars. We had another organization that uh, said they found us in a book. Uh, they read a book and saw us and sent us another $100,000. There's like some old lady that got pain on the leg. We just lay hand on her and just pray for her. The first time she not really know about God's power. It already like she been healed. And she don't know herself. It's God that like God healed her. Oh, my leg is not so I've been run around. And lots of people like we lay hand on them. Everybody is like God healed. The one thing for me would be uh, my uh, transition into a new role with One Mission Society. I'm the director of disciple making and it's an international role. So I just need wisdom. India is really going through battle. Even in the, in the past it was in the city. Now on these days, it's uh, in the villages. Many people affected by COVID-19, but we go through this battle and this time, we also believe we will win. God will make, our, make us a hero like Moses, Joshua and Caleb. I would say, pray for uh, more workers. The nation is ripe for harvest. People are living in all kinds of fear in the family front. Jesse is battling with uh, cancer and uh, we have done six rounds of chemotherapy and uh, still the process is on. So we are believing God for a miracle there. Earlier this year, we had a very, very traumatic experience, but we're coming just to the end of that. We're very, very grateful for that. God's been extremely gracious to us. But we still continue to uh, covet your prayers to see this finished and to see everyone's heart released from the potential of bitterness or 
or unforgiveness from the event that happened. But we really believe that God has told us to prepare for the fact that uh, He wants us to be two, three, four times bigger than we are currently. Mm. And actually our structure wouldn't support such growth. So we're trying to redesign ourselves. Now we're in the middle of producing a very challenging television series looking really deeply into how the love of God and the heart of God is outworking through some of the gangs around New Zealand. So prayer for financial favour, relationship favour and continual breakthrough with uh, broadcasters as well, picking up this content because we're, we're unashamable about the gospel. That's the hope of salvation. And we know that Jesus can do things in people's lives that no other system could ever hope to achieve. So I just want to say a huge thanks. Thank you so much. So we want to thank you for your giving. Thank you for helping us. Thank you very much, Activate Hamilton. Thank you, Activate. Thank you for supporting us. Thank you for praying. Thank you for caring about us. It is kind of lift up mm. the burden, uh, <laughs> heavy burden in our lives so that we can focus on the work that God called us to do. Thank you so much for your love. James, thank you to all of you. God bless. Didn't they do an amazing job? Man, I have uh, worked on a few video projects, and I can tell you it's a whole lot of hard work to take a whole bunch of uh, talkative pastors and get them down to 13 minutes. It's like a little miracle. As we're believing in miracles, that was one of them. You just saw it. It's on screen. So well done, guys. Amazing. So uh, as mentioned, my name is Anna Ho. I'm with uh, Reconciled World. And Sheridan's invited me to speak a little bit about kind of the global legacy, but global kind of our involvement around the world. And I wanted to share a little bit about what my husband and I are doing. We are uh, working actually in 27 different countries but as Sheridan mentioned, I actually started kind of uh, about there in the pews is where I used to sit. Back in 91 to 94, I attended Activate, and this was my home. And I wasn't kind of one of those kind of hyper-involved people. I was just a little quiet, uh, sitting in the quietly by myself in the pews as I was a university student. And God has just taken us step by step by step one of the questions that Sheridan put before us is, how did we end up here? And I just wonder. I have no idea. I mean, I guess if we had a few days, we could try and work it out. But, you know, God has been just diligently. And it wasn't that I started and took this big leap, and the next thing you know, I was running an organization in 27 countries. You know, the first thing I did was taught a little English. And then God opened the next door, and the next door, and the next door. It's kind of that simple obedience, isn't it? But before you think I'm too much of a hero of simple obedience, I spent most of my time kicking and screaming and complaining. In fact, as you'll hear in a minute, one of the things that we did was we uh, went to work with uh, churches. So as you heard in the video, I went to um, Asia with a real heart to help the poor. That was my, my passion. I wanted to help the poor. And I quickly realized uh, that actually when I went to help the poor, I became the hero of the story. We would open a school and everyone would say, Anna, you're fabulous. Which is kind of nice, actually, quite frankly. Yeah. If you're not feeling good about yourself, go into that sort of mission. That's a great place. But the reality is we also realized, actually, it's God, isn't it? 
we need to be pointing to God. It's God who needs to be glorified. It's God who needs to be lifted up. And so we said we need to change this. This is not okay. We need to start working with the church because the church is the center of the answer. And I think we, um, we have heard Sheridan remind us, haven't we, that your part really matters. Well, that was the message that we went around the world and said, your part really matters. It doesn't matter whether you're sitting in a pew in New Zealand or if you're sitting on the floor in Uganda. Your part really matters. God has called each of us to be involved. And so um, this is a Bible in case people have uh, lost memory of what these things are. They come not only on a phone. There's other places to find them. Uh, so anyway, I was one of the verses that we often think about is found in Ephesians. Ooh, the problem with these Bibles is they're harder to find bits. Got a whole lot of pages. Anyway, in Ephesians two, chapter ten. Oh, <laughs> that would be funny. In Ephesians chapter two, verse ten, we see that we are His workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in him. What does it say? It's talking, in this passage, it's talking about our salvation. We are saved to do good works, every single one of us, which God has created beforehand. We don't even have to drum them all out. God's already gone before you. He's prepared you. He's created you to do good works, and your part matters. Let's not forget that. And so we went around, uh, initially we lived in Vietnam, and we went around Vietnam, and we challenged the churches. And we said, your part matters, you need to get involved. And as I said, I was a little stubborn, so my great plan was I was going to find 10 churches to work with us, and uh, I thought that would be really great. And I would help these 10 churches to get involved and in, in doing what they could in their communities, and then we would take over because, you know, I kind of read about the loaves and the fishes, and I realized, well, they probably only had about five loaves and two fishes, so clearly we were going to need to multiply their efforts. We clean forgot that actually in that uh, story it was God who multiplied their efforts, not actually us, but at any rate, God took over, and we didn't get started with 10 churches. We got started with 600 and because I'm not a great woman of faith, I said to God, goodness, what a big mess you've made. Well, that's yours to sort out now. Because we sure did not have budget to reach uh, 600 churches. And God did, again and again, miracles of him turning up and providing and providing and providing. And these churches were faithful. They went out and they worked out, what can we do with the little we have? There's a story I told in the first service of a church in... Um, India, and they are a very, very poor church They're in rural India, and they each would save up and they would give $2 each month to, um, to help their community. And for some of them, that meant they didn't eat a meal that month. That's how they found their $2. And then they took their money and they would do different projects to help their community. So one of the people they helped was a, a widow and our widows in many of these places are actually quite often suicidal. Because if you have lost your husband and you have lost uh, the support of your husband's family, often they uh, take your house and everything. When you die, it all goes to your husband's family. It doesn't come to you. And so you kind of lose out on everything. And they become suicidal. And so they came alongside this woman. She wasn't a Christian. And they said, let us teach you to sew so that you have a way to earn money. And so she learned to sew. And she became a Christian. 
And then she went on to teach others how to sew. And many, many others learned to sew. Every one of those people's part mattered. The dear old lady who saved up her $2, who sacrificially gave up her rice for a day so that she could give, her part mattered. The people who taught this woman to sew, their part mattered. It mattered to this woman. It mattered to her children. It mattered because our part matters. And all around the world we see people stepping up and doing what they can for their communities. Just endless projects. I think of uh, one story, and it's about how they built this, uh, this road. They built a road that was uh, 70 kilometres long, uh, just with picks and hose. And, I mean, you can't imagine. So 300 people came out to build this road so that they could evangelise this uh, area that they couldn't reach because there were no roads. 300 people went out to do that. And this whole area came to Christ. It wasn't just the evangelists that mattered. It was all those who went out with their picks and their hose and built that road. Because our parts matter. It doesn't matter whether you've been called to what feels like a huge involvement and you just feel like you're sinking all the time. Uh, Or if you've been called to just be faithful in a few simple things. Your part matters. It matters. There's no part that is too small. But I tell you, as you are faithful in those small things, God will turn it into big things without fail. I've seen it again and again. It's written in the word of God. For those who are faithful in small things, you want to know how to get to do big things? Be faithful in the small things. Be faithful in helping out in your community. Be faithful in reaching out to your neighbor. Be faithful in doing what you can. And as you do, God will do amazing things. And so we went out and we taught all these uh, dear communities, you are God's workmanship. Get on and do the good works he's called you to do. And they faithfully did. And I wondered secretly, what in the world is going to happen next? Because, you know, I kind of told them we were going to move out of poverty and it seemed like a really rough plan to me. So they got on and did what they did. And actually, I uh, was just remembering the other day, one of the first things that they used to do is to help out with funerals. So one of the big problems in one of the areas where we initially started is that they, uh, when someone died on the road, their body was cursed. So if you touch their body, you would be cursed for 10 days. And so you didn't want to touch those bodies. So the Christians got involved and they started to, to prepare the bodies for um, a burial. But it meant that I started to get all these photos sent to me of all these dead bodies and (laughs) coffins. And I (laughs) started to wonder. I was like, in New Zealand, this is not actually a friendly thing to do, to send people piles and piles of photos of dead bodies. But at any rate, God used that faithfulness. In fact, in one case, the person that they helped was a nephew of the uh, head of the police. Now, in Vietnam, the church is quite often persecuted. And so, but this nephew of the head of the police... Uh, died and the policeman came in and he said he wanted his whole family in church. He took everyone from the community and he said, everyone, you get to church because of what the Christians have done. Each of those people, their part mattered. It really mattered. But as they stepped out and did what they could, God multiplied their efforts. 
Oh, that's what I was telling you. So how did we get from uh, people in coffins to communities moving out of poverty? So I, I was kind of stuck and I was like, well, eventually I started to get all these stories and people would tell me these stories. Oh, our communities moved out of poverty. In fact, I remember one leadership meeting. The leader said to me, in my area, the 40 churches that we work with, those 40 communities have all moved out of poverty. And I was kind of like, well, well, actually she said they've all been transformed. And to be honest with you, my first thought was, oh, good grief, the leaders have no idea what we're doing. We clearly haven't been transformed. Jesus hasn't come back, so there's no chance of being transformed. So I said to them, well, okay, fine. Tell me what has happened. And they said, okay, well, before we didn't have food for three months and we have food all year long. Before our children didn't go to school, we didn't have schools. Now we have schools. Before we... Um, uh, we our marriages were kind of broken. We just got married to have children. Now we really love each other. Before, and they just went on and on and on. Before, only a few people came to church. Now 80% of our community is in church. And they're there and they're early and they're excited. Can you imagine? I know, it's a full miracle. <laughs> and, um, but you know, uh, God worked in amazing ways. And they got to the point where they said, now if we want to do something to help the poor we have to go out and help the neighbouring communities because we have no more need in our community. Isn't God good? <laughs> so I said, so I started. So I was, I mean, obviously I was like, wow, okay, you were transformed. That's, uh, praise the Lord. And they did. They multiplied community after community after community. Uh, but I started to wonder, well, how is this really happening? because it doesn't make any sense to me. You kind of do all these cute little pick up some litter and clean the well, and lo and behold, you've moved out of poverty. That doesn't... If you've been involved in uh, poverty alleviation for any time at all, you'll know that doesn't fully make sense. So I started to investigate, and I asked them, tell me what it is that you did that uh, enabled you to move out of poverty. How did you get all the money to do all these projects? Are your friends from abroad sending money? And they would say, no, 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 our crops grow so much more. And I was like, oh, so now you're working harder. And they'd be like, no, no, we don't have time to work harder. You know, we have to go out and do all the, uh, build a house for a widow and all these other things. We don't have time to work harder. Our crops just grow more. God multiplies them. So I largely believe they were wrong because, you know, I'm, like I said, not actually a great woman of faith. God can use anyone. <laughs> and so... Uh, one year we had a huge drought and uh, all the crops died. And so if you went out, they grow a root vegetable, but all the ground was just brown and they prayed and nothing happened. And so it came time to harvest and they decided, well, let's dig and see if God left something behind. And so they dug the ground and they had three times the normal harvest. So if their gr ground usually grew one ton, it grew three tons. But if you're involved in agriculture, you'll also know that when there's a massive shortage throughout the nation because all the crop dies, the price tripled that year. And so they got nine times the normal income. Because of God. A miracle-working God. Our God is in the business of miracles. And that story's a little bit old. Some of you may have heard it. So I want to assure you God is still doing the same miracle. Uh, last year, as we went into kind of COVID and, and chaos was breaking out, we started a program sending out little um, WhatsApp messages, uh, kind of 
discipleship messages, helping people to know what do we do during this season. So one of the basic things we taught them is in the times of uncertainty, uh, wish out and plant a garden. And so they diligently planted gardens. And we got story after story after story about how their ground would grow 15 times as much. I remember one woman, she planted carrots and she said, we grew 15 times as much as we've ever grown before. God multiplied our crops. In Zimbabwe, they're having a really rough time. It uh, was, <laughs> was a country of immense need before COVID hit and things did not improve with COVID. And yet they also told me, I met up with them recently and they said, this year we have a bumper crop. We've never seen so much. God is providing. God is multiplying. God is still a miracle-working God. Another story I remember is they uh, dug in Vietnam again. They dug wells. And the government came along and said, you can't dig wells. This ground is full of arsenic. If you use the wells, you're going to die. And so they were a little upset, obviously. That was a, a bad turn of events. And so the government agreed to come out and to test the wells. They had, there were over 200 wells over quite a area. So the government came out and tested these wells. And despite the fact that gov the government had dug wells in the past, very close to the same place as they dug the well, that none of these 200 wells had any sign of arsenic. God had healed their land. God is a miracle-working God. I even uh, have been meeting a lot with our uh, got colleagues in Delhi, and uh, as you've seen in the news, if you've seen the news, you'll know that Delhi has just been through just the worst possible season of COVID and deaths, and every single one of my colleagues has lost family members and close friends, and I mean, it got to the point where they were telling me, I don't like to wake up in the morning because I don't want to receive all the text messages of who died last night. It's been bad. And we do need to remember to pray for our friends in India. The churches have lost a lot of pastors. One denomination we worked with lost 78 pastors. But I also want to let you know that so many people were healed, that God didn't forget. So many people were healed, so many miracles. And they were also telling me, now our churches are so much closer than ever before. Before we would come to church, and then we would you know, finish church and largely go home. But now we meet together and we pray and we care for each other and we ring up each other and we make sure we're doing okay. And our churches have never been more united and more close. In fact, I was talking to them this week and they said to me, um, uh, they were complaining about the heat. They were saying, oh, it's over 40 degrees and we're horribly hot. And I was kind of like, well, it is mid-June. I mean, usually it gets exceedingly hot. In May, in uh, Delhi, it becomes unbearably hot. And they said to me, no, 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 May was unusual. May was the coldest we've ever had on record. Now, what you need to know is that these people live in quite small houses with very poor ventilation and not a lot of air conditioning. And through all of May, they were in lockdown. And if they had been locked down with over 40-degree heat, it just would have been sweltering. But it was the coldest ever May on record. Because God didn't forget. And he did see them. And he heard their cry. Goodness knows what I'm talking about. Any rate, God is a miracle working God. That's what I'm talking about. And your part matters. That's what I'm talking about. 
And so uh, we, my husband and I, have the blessing of leading an organisation. We reach out to over 30,000 churches. We're in 27 countries, and God has just given us opportunity after opportunity. We have seen over 1,000 communities move out of poverty, and we are seeing God do incredible things. We've seen tens of thousands of churches planted. We've seen hundreds of thousands come to Christ. God is doing cool things. So I want to talk to you a little bit about what is your part in global legacy? Or as I love the way that Sheridan explained it, legacy is about being an ambassador. What does it mean to be a global ambassador for each of you? How can you play your part in the, around the world and what's happening around the world? And so, of course, one of the ways that we can play our part is by going. And we do need people to go. I've been calling our different partners we have, like, I met up with many of the denomination leaders we work with and I asked them, how's it going? How's this last year been? And one of the things that I heard again and again was, everybody's left us, we're alone. And the reality is actually a lot of missionaries, uh, sometimes through God, <laughs> my husband and I didn't mean to be here, uh, or through a variety of reasons, have come, uh, come back to their home countries. And so there's a need. People, uh, we're called into the partnership of the gospel. Paul talks about partnering in the gospel. And we need to get out there and be partnering. My husband actually became a Christian through a short-term team. So I've got a special place in my heart for short-term teams. But interestingly enough, when that short-term team came, uh, they tried to get involved and they tried to reach out and they tried to do what they could. And they left discouraged because only one little guy lanky sort of little thing, scrawny, uh, even accepted a Bible. And they were just like, wow, that didn't work out. And so he got in touch with them on Facebook, uh, well, maybe 10 years ago now. And he talked to them and he told them what he was doing. I'm reaching tens of thousands of pastors. Can you imagine? That mattered. That group of people who only managed to give one Bible. You know, my husband couldn't sleep, so he read that Bible. And somehow God spoke to him and he became a Christian through reading that Bible that they left behind. Their part really mattered. And I am hugely thankful for it. So, <laughs> so please, going matters. But for today, not all of us are called to claim on a plane and go. In fact, as a... Um, a little tricky, I would like to testify. Uh, sometimes we're not actually getting on planes. But we can be involved right from our homes. Someone just contacted my husband a few days ago, oh no, a few weeks ago, and said uh, they were looking for people who would speak English to some of their students coming through English, uh, English language centres. And they said, can you find some people that would somewhat less than minimum wage, would be willing to take an hour and talk to people. You could do that. You could be a missionary. You could get to share the gospel. You could build a relationship. You could learn about another country from home in an hour a week. It doesn't matter whether you're in high school, uni, retired. You can do that. As long as you've got some basic English behind you. You could all be involved in that. 
And there's so, so, so many opportunities online today to be involved. And so we want to be involved. So you can go, and that's important. There's need around the world. There's a huge percentage. In fact, uh, one of the, not crises, but one of the challenges my organisation's facing at the moment is how do we reach uh, half of the people that we used to work with because they don't have internet. And so it's all very well to run an internet-based programme, but unfortunately, not everyone has internet. That's a major obstacle. And so while we do have a lot of radio ministry, we're trying to work out how to ramp all of that up and uh, exciting challenges, but we need to go. People need to go. I also want to challenge you that we need to give. All through the New Testament, it's the story of how international missions rolled out. And again and again, Paul talks about giving. He talks about how the church gave, how the church met the need, how the church met his need. In fact, I remember in uh, Philippians 4, he talks about, I want you to give not for my sake, but for yours, for what will be credited to your account. For 22 years, Activate has given to me. And almost as long to my husband. I didn't, <laughs> we've only been married 20 years, so you're a bit lagging on him. But anyway, for 22 years, Activate has been giving to me, faithfully giving. For 15 years, you were the only group that gave to me. Your giving mattered. I wouldn't be doing all of this if it wasn't for Activate, quite simply. For all those of you who have given in the last 22 years, your part really mattered, and I'm hugely thankful we're impacting millions and millions of people around the world, and it's because of you guys. It matters. That giving matters. And I can tell you, every one of those people represented there will tell you the same. Your giving matters. Thank you. Please give. Not for our sake, because God can cover us, but for what will be credited to your account. God wants to bless you. He wants to bless you abundantly. I'm also, another way that you can be involved, another essential way that you can be involved is by praying. Your prayer is so important. We, uh, as an organisation, go from situation where we find ourselves stuck to situation where we find ourselves stuck. Uh, just recently, our big challenge was we could not get money into India. They had changed all the systems by which international funds came in, and it meant that in the midst of COVID, in the midst of this chaos, in the midst of the biggest hospital bills I've ever imagined, they could not be paid. And so we met, uh, one of the prayer groups that I was with, we met and we prayed. And this last week, the money went through. After all that of just being stuck and stuck and stuck, God released that money, and it went through. Those prayers mattered. And I can assure you, those people that receive their salaries, they're thankful. <laughs> but as I shared with the first service, we also have this opportunity to reach 25 million Christians in Congo. We uh, spoke at a conference last February where they brought together all the denominations. And they, uh, we were the speakers at this conference. And at the end of this conference, they got together, well, Actually, because of COVID, they didn't get together until August and they discussed the way forward. And so they, as 20, they 105 denominations worked together to make a list of uh, priorities. Uh, they called them edicts. 
So I received an email to announce that uh, it had been decided that I was going to work with 25 million Christians to uh, disciple the church. I'm a little stubborn, so I was like, can you really tell me to do that? But anywho, God brought me round. <laughs> he let me know, yes, they can. <laughs> Good news. <laughs> they can really tell me to do that. But, you know, ever since that, at least we have four staff in Congo, not a huge staff. One of them, at least one of them, has either been in hospital, his spouse has been in hospital, wife in hospital, or um, a close family relative has died every single day since that edit got passed. We are in a spiritual battle. We have the opportunity to work with 25 million. Do you know how many that is? That's five times the population of New Zealand. And we're talking about pastors who have no Bibles, who are illiterate. Some who they tell me are not even saved. We're talking about a nation that has massive potential and is the second poorest in the world. And we can't get started because they're always in the hospital. We need your prayers. It's your prayers. Your prayers matter. We can't reach 25 million people, not because we don't have the opportunity. We can't reach them because Satan is in the way. And we need prayer to break through this barrier. And there's so many, so many, so many examples I could give you about how we need your prayers and how your prayers matter. But we have a prayer meeting coming up on Thursday. So those who have been diligently reading your newsletters, you will see uh, there's the address for that in there. We would love to have you come along and join us in praying because your prayers matter. Your part matters. Maybe that is the part that God's called you to play, to be praying. Even you guys, you can come out. You hidden on your Facebooks. Come out, come over. Come, come to our place. Let's pray. Let's change the world together. But we can also be involved locally. Maybe those other things weren't quite you, but I've had the blessing of getting involved with a great organisation that is part of our church called Community Link. And we have uh, just God's doing great things here. But... Um, I want to remind us that each of us are called to reach out to our communities. We are all called, like it says, we are all God's workmen, called to do great works. We are all called to address the needs in our community. There's a rather terrifying verse in Ezekiel where uh, Ezekiel, which is good reason not to read it, he's full of terrifying verses, tells us about the sin of Sodom. Do you know what the sin of Sodom was? Wait for this. Or block your ears if you don't want to hear. Behold, this was the guilt of your sister Sodom. She and her daughters had pride, excess food, struggling with that at the moment myself, and prosperous ease. And they did not help the poor and needy. We have a strong call from the Word of God. We need to help the poor and needy. And if you feel like, yeah, I want to do more, but I don't know how to get started, well, the good news is we have a training day coming up uh, in July, July 24, and we would love to equip you. We'd love to pray with you, to walk with you, to give you some ideas. How do I get started? Maybe it's just as simple as loving your neighbor, your literal neighbor, or your neighbor in the office. But we do need to get started. We are called to step out and address the needs in our community.
So I want to say again a huge thank you to all of you. Thank you for walking with us for 22 years. That's a lot of faithfulness, guys. Thank you. But I also want to say to you, your part matters. Your prayers matter. Your giving matters. Your loving your neighbor matters. It might not seem like a big thing, but maybe to that person that you take a few minutes to listen to this week, it might really matter. And you can do that. So let's all step out and do what we can. And let's also believe God that as we are faithful, that God will multiply our efforts and bring in a great harvest. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Yeah, give Anna a big hand, please. Come on. I love your story. It's really all about obedience, isn't it? Just continual obedience. And uh, we can all do that, no matter what it looks like. I liked at the start what Sarah said when we were worshipping, how you see yourself before God. Do you see yourself as a significant tool in His hands? Because you are. I don't know what went through your mind at that moment, but I just closed my eyes for a minute and I was pondering it. And I saw a bowl of pebbles, smarties, you know, the lollies? And I just saw the hand of God pull out a green one. That was me, people. That was me. A green one and just put it up there and go, I want a green one. Just that, that thought of God wants you. you know? God wants you to be part of his story. His story. It's a great thought. Well, tonight, Anna and Nam are going to be with us again, and we're going to spend a little bit of time praying for them tonight as well, and that'll be really good. Uh, looking forward to that. I just feel inspired by your story. I think it's amazing, you know, when you just keep saying yes to Jesus, what happens at the end of the day? It's incredible. It's amazing. This thought, you know, God spoke to me very clearly years ago about the fact that if everybody did what he asked them to do, there'd be no problem. And I also feel convicted that if if everybody gave what he asked us to give, we'd have exactly what he needed us to have, to do what he's calling us to do. And so I think we stand at a really good place of opportunity actually to be able to get on the front foot with what God's doing which excites me have you got your cards got your miracle cards we're going to pray for these as we finish and uh, even if you haven't got your five things written on there yet hopefully you've got one in your mind and um, there's something as we stand and as we pray in unity and what did you just tell me when I sat down before? Yeah, about, so Jan was just told by, some, I didn't get all the details because I was doing several things. A young lady by the name of Kerry was kidnapped, has been missing for a week in South Africa. So we want to pray for her release, eh? While we're praying for miracles today, that God will move and uh, that she will be freed, that she will be found, that... It'll be a miracle of God. So if you've got your card, or if you know what you're going to pray for, stand on your feet right where you are. This is all about participation. Doing it together. 
got your card, I'm going to get you to lift it up. I don't think that's a spiritual thing. I think that's just, uh, it just feels like a good idea. Because we can all do it together. Great. Even if you haven't got a card, if you know what you want to pray for, our God is a God of miracles. He is a miracle working God. So Father, we lift everything that's on these cards or in our hearts to You as the solution. You are the miracle working God. There is no other beside You. And we ask today that You would release these miracles that are on the cards that are in our hearts in Jesus' Name. Father, our confession is that nothing is too hard for You. Nothing is outside of Your grasp. So we ask that You would release miracles in the Name of Jesus Christ. That there would be miracles of provision. That there would be solutions. That there would be uh, relationships and restoration of relationships. Whatever the need is, Father, that businesses would be turned around in Jesus' Name. You know what's on the cards. You know what's on people's hearts. So we ask for a release of miracles in the Name of Jesus. I ask that testimonies would start to flow. They would come in from my left and from my right, from wherever people are engaged today. Our confession is that You are the answer. I ask that You would smash unbelief and there would be a mighty wave of miracles released in the Name of Jesus. Amen. 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 Fantastic. Fantastic. We're going to lift these up every time we're together. And I encourage you to pray for whatever the miracles are that you've written down every day of the week. Every time you think about it, just put them before God and pray about it. Lord, I've got these things that I really need to see you move, that I believe you want to move in these areas. And um, we're going to see some. We're already starting to get testimony. So it's going to be incredible. You know, the greatest miracle of all, it may not be on the card, but the greatest miracle of all is the fact that you and I are in relationship with Jesus. It's incredible. And Jesus made the way for all of that to happen when He went to the cross. And I'm not sure where you're at today, but if you've never said yes to Jesus, well, perhaps today you, you just know there's something not quite right between you and God. Can I encourage you today to say yes to relationship with Him? It's why He went to the cross. He, he repaired the break in relationship between God and people. And now He's waiting for us to respond to Him and accept His invitation to do life with Him. And I want to encourage you today that no matter where you are in life, where you've been, what problems you may be facing, God is able and He loves you. He is so interested in you and He wants to walk in relationship with you. Actually, can I ask you all to bow your heads for a moment, just give people to your left and right some privacy. And If you're online this morning, if you could really pay attention just for the next couple of moments. The greatest miracle of all is that we walk with Jesus. 
Because you know, that not only affects this life, this impacts the whole of our eternity. You and I were created to have eternity with God. Who not only loves, He is love. That's an amazing thought. And His desire is to spend eternity with each of us. The Bible tells us very clearly that the only way to have eternity with Jesus is by making Him Lord of our lives in this life. In other words, accepting His invitation and saying, Jesus, I put my hope in You, I put my trust in You, I make You Lord of my life, and I turn from the way, that's called repentance, I turn from the way I've been doing things, and I'm going to walk with You. He goes, fantastic. You know, and He wipes the slate clean of what happened previously. And He says, now we walk, and you walk as my child. Not only now, but for the whole of eternity. And he wants to walk with you. And today he invites you into relationship with him. In just a moment, I'm going to ask you to lift your hand. If you're saying yes to Jesus today, if you want to say yes, I want to come into relationship with you today, Jesus. It could be for the very first time, or perhaps, as I said, you find yourself this morning and you just know there's something not right between you and God, and you want that right. Today you're saying, yes, Jesus, let's make a fresh start. Let's go again. In just a second, I'm going to ask you to lift your hand if you want to say yes to him today. Nothing magic in lifting your hand. I just want to celebrate with you. It's much easier if I know who you are. If you know you need to say yes to Jesus today, the first time, fantastic, I see your hand, that's cool. I just want things to be right. Can you give me a wave? Just make sure I see your hand. I've seen one person already. Two, three, four, five. at home maybe just lift your hand right where you are six I'm just going to wait a couple more seconds make sure I see your hand please I've seen six people give a wave so far Wonderful. You've just made the best decision possible. Church, can we please celebrate with these six people? If you're at home, we're celebrating with you as well. Wonderful. Jesus, I thank you for each of these ones. Father, I ask that they have a wonderful sense that today they've been shifted from one kingdom into another your kingdom, that they're now in relationship with you. In fact, why don't we all pray together this morning? Jesus, today I give you my life. Thank you. I turn from the way I used to live 
Help me to do it your way. You are now my Lord and Saviour. I believe you are raised from the grave. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Amen. How about giving these six another hand? eh? That's wonderful. Wonderful. Well, thank you for joining us online today. We're going to let you guys go now. Have a fantastic week. And uh, we look forward to seeing you again. For all of us, we've got the opportunity to have lunch together if we'd like to. We're doing a bit of an international lunch. And so, you know, if you'd like to stay, that'd be wonderful. And we'd love you to join us. Um, thank you so much for your giving. Your giving really makes a difference. It really it enables us to do the things that God's uh, asking us to do and at the moment we're, we're a little bit behind so can I thank you in advance for your faithfulness and for uh, sowing into the work that God's doing that it's really really helpful also as we finish if you would like someone to stand with you for, uh, in prayer for any reason at all please come down the front and our team would love to stand with you if you said yes to Jesus then uh, we would like to do everything in our power to uh, assist you in your journey with Jesus. And so if you just let one of the people in the green t-shirt know as you're heading out that you did that, they will give you a pack with some information and we'll be in touch to do anything we can to help you. So again, well done. Absolutely incredible. Um, we're very fortunate today to have East West College with us in the foyer. And uh, as Anna spoke, some of us are called to go. And East West College specialise in training people, getting them ready to go. One of the one of the things that really upsets me is I see people often responding to Jesus saying, Yes, I want to serve you, I want to give you my life afresh. But that's where it stops. There's no steps taken to actually step into the call of God. And we need to step in. When we say yes to Jesus. Uh, I want to serve you with my life. I want to respond to your call on my life. We're simply responding to an invitation. Now we have to do something about it to step into it. And, you know, if you're sensing a stirring that God's calling you overseas, go and have a talk to the guys at East West. They'll really help you. If you're sensing that, you know, God's got something for you and you need to be trained, you do need to be trained, how about going to Vision College or Activate College? God wants to equip you. He doesn't want to send you out unequipped. And we've got incredible tools and know people with incredible tools that can help equip you for it. Because you see, it's really easy to start. It's really easy to start. Most people start well. But the attrition rate is huge of people not finishing well. And we want to make sure you finish well, and that's by being well equipped. So make the most of that if you've got um, kids please pick them up soon because we're going to do lunch together that'll be great Father I declare your blessing over every person in the name of Jesus Lord I'm asking this morning that we would leave feeling a bit uncomfortable Uh, at the same time I'm asking that we would leave in peace if they can go together that you would stir us causing us to be a bit uncomfortable how you're talking to us about responding to you And that would be a feeling that wouldn't leave us when we walk out the doors. That would be something that we carry with us and discuss with you. I pray for courageous people. 
that we would all be willing to say yes to whatever it is that you're asking. And at the same time, Lord, I release everybody today with your blessing in the fullest sense, your prosperity and your purpose on their lives, that we would walk confident of who we are in you and that our part does really, really matter and the incredible privilege it is to walk with you. So I thank you for your church. I bless your church in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Hey, thanks for coming out this morning. Great to see you. Have a wonderful afternoon.